1: jesus said if you hold to my teachings you are really my disciples then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free in the gospel according to luke we read that great multitudes followed jesus so he turned to them and exhorted them to count the cost before they came after him he then gave them two parables first he asked them which of them would ever think about building a tower before first sitting down and counting the cost to see whether they had sufficient resources to finish it. Otherwise, they'd get halfway and not be able to complete it. Their half-finished tower would be an embarrassment to them. Secondly, he asked what king with an army of 10,000 soldiers would go to battle with an enemy that had 20,000 soldiers. He would be a fool to do so, because he would be outnumbered. The point is this, any wise king or builder would first sit down and count the cost to ascertain whether or not they had sufficient resources to complete what they set out to achieve. Likewise, we should count the cost of being a disciple for Jesus. Now, when I first heard someone preaching from this passage, he asked, do you have what it takes to be a Christian? If not, you won't make it. The fact is that none of us have what it takes to build the quality of life Jesus has called us to, or to defeat the kind of foe that we will encounter. But in the same passage, Jesus exhorts us to forsake all that we have, deny ourselves, take up our cross and follow him. So in exchange, he will give us his life. When we have Jesus, we have all that we will ever need. We have the armor of God. This is Set Free with Ken Legg.
0: And we've been diving into spiritual warfare this week. And we've looked so far at four of the six parts of the armour of God. The belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of peace and the shield of faith. And Ken, let's move on to the next one, shall we? The helmet of salvation. Yep. In fact, uh, Paul calls this in 1 Thessalonians, the
1: helmet of the hope of salvation. I think there's a reason for that. Because our salvation is in three tenses, you know, past, present, and future. Mm -hmm. And actually, there's a piece of armor that corresponds with each of those tenses. So, for example, justification, that refers to what Jesus did in the past. He died on the cross. He saved us from the penalty of sin. We're completely set free. We're righteous before God. So that's like the breastplate, if you like, of righteousness. And then, of course, there's a present tense is that we are being saved from the power of the enemy, the power of sin on Mm -hmm. a daily basis. Now, the pieces of armor that correspond with that are the shoes of peace that puts us into the grace of God in which we stand and the shield of faith with which we quench the fiery darts of the enemy. But then there's this future aspect of salvation, which is what we call the hope of salvation. That is that one day we're going to be delivered from the very presence of sin and and presented faultless in the presence of God and there we will be with him for eternity. Now, as we journey through life, there are many kinds of trials that we experience. Every day there's battles to be fought. Sometimes, let's be honest, we win those battles and sometimes we lose them. Uh, But we need to see everything in the light of eternity. In other words, we need to get the big picture. Mm. And the big picture is this, the final victory has already been assured us. You know, somebody once said, "I've read the back of the book, and we win." <laughs> and uh, Paul says this that our present sufferings are not worthy to be compared with our future hope, and and so we need to get this big picture. Um, sometimes we are disappointed in our present. I mean, I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm disappointed in our present circumstances. Mm. But the Bible says that hope does not. Disappoint. So what the helmet of the hope of salvation teaches us to do or to say is I am not disappointed in the
0: present because of the future. I love how Paul puts it there that our present sufferings are not worthy to be compared. I mean, you shouldn't even, yeah, even be dwelling on it with the future hope that is coming. You know, If you're going through something tough just at the moment, they're, they're good words to remember. And you're not trying to minimise or trivialise the present trials here, are you, Ken? You know, only saying that we need to see them in the context of what God has for us down the track eternally. That's not the point, is it? Absolutely. You're correct in saying that. And uh, I
1: guess we need to look now at the final piece of God's armor uh, because time is going. And that that's the sword of the Spirit, mm. which is the Word of God. You know, Thankfully, we don't have to work out what that one is because Paul tells us, take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Somebody might say, well, hang on, we've looked at the Word of God. That was the belt of truth. That's what we started with. But actually, there's um, two words in the Greek that translate the word, word. One is logos, Mm -hmm. and the other is rhema. So logos is the whole counsel of God's word from cover to cover. So we've taken God's word as our truth to guide us through life. The rhema is a specific word for a specific situation. That's why it's called the sword of the spirit. It's what the spirit, if you like, quickens to us that we need this particular part of the Word of God mm. for this specific situation that we're going through. You remember, of course, that Jesus used the sword of the Spirit in the wilderness. Satan came along, he tempted him and you know said, if you're the Son of God, you know this and that and the other. And every time Jesus said, it is written. He took a specific part of God's Word that was tailor-made for that situation that he was in and it was able to uh, deal with the enemy on that occasion.
0: And it's pretty clear that uh, you know that worked because Satan left Jesus, you know, after Jesus rebutted him. If you like, from, yeah. from Scripture, does that make it some sort of magic pill though for us? I mean, why is it important that we do that? Is yeah, does it actually make any difference? Well, you know, Satan can sow thoughts
1: in our mind, but I don't believe that he can read our minds. That's my personal belief. Uh, in fact, I don't think there's a scripture that says he can. He's not omniscient. Mm. He doesn't know all things like God. In fact, the Bible says that uh, no one knows uh, the things of a man except the spirit of a man which is within him. Mm. I mean, you don't know what I'm thinking right now. And for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Until one thing. What? Until I speak. Until you tell me, yeah. That's right. So it's only when we speak that the enemy knows how we're handling. The temptations, uh, the the attack, the, the you know the deceptions, the lies, and uh, uh, the things that he's sowing into our mind. So once we start verbalizing defeat, doubt, fears, and so on, then straight away he knows that his particular attack is working, is becoming effective. Mm. And so that's why what we say in response to what he sows in our mind is very important in um, in, in warfare. The secret, if you like, to victory. Is to know what God is saying. Mm. What's God's word in the situation? And then agree with Him. In fact, the word confession um, in the Greek word is the word homologia, made up of two words: homo, the same; logia, word. So homologia or confession is to say the same thing as another. So we want to say the same thing as God. Mm. We want to confess what God is saying about our situation. We don't want to agree with the enemy. You know, the enemy might come along and say, "Oh, you see your situation; it's hopeless, isn't it?" You know, you haven't got a chance, have you? You're finished, aren't you? Yeah. You know, and so once we start verbalizing that, we're actually agreeing with him. But we need to say, well, hang on, what is what is the Bible saying here? What is God saying here? And, uh, you know, for example, you might be weak right now in your situation. You might feel really uh, in a state of weakness. But the Bible says, let the weak say what? Mm, I'm, I'm strong, strong yeah. because you are strong in the Lord. Yeah, And so we're agreeing with God. Um, you know, we might say, and, and sometimes we do say, everyone's against me. Now, that's wrong because... Everyone naturally might be against you, but but the Bible says that God is for you. Mm. And if God is for you, who can be against you? Because God and you—that's a majority, you know. <laughs> so we need to say what God is saying. Uh, we, you know, people might feel rejected. They might say, "Nobody likes me." Well, the Bible says that we are accepted in the Beloved. God has made a declaration over our lives that's a forever thing mm. that we are accepted. Nobody can change that, and He's the one that really matters, you know. Um, So he's made this wonderful statement over our lives. You know, we might feel condemned, but the Bible says there's no condemnation to Mm. those that are in Christ Jesus. So who are we going to agree with on that? Are we going to listen to the devil and say, yeah, you know, I'm I'm unworthy. I I shouldn't even be praying. I shouldn't even be serving God. I might as well give up and walk away. No, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ because he is our righteousness. Mm. Uh, Here's another one, Phil. How often do we say, I can't? I can't handle this. I can't do this anymore. I can't cope with this. But God says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yeah. So again, you know, the sword of the spirit is to take that particular part of God's word and 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 to use that against the enemy when we're under
0: assault. Well, that brings us to the end of our series this week. hope you can join us next week when we start a brand new one. Until then, remember, you don't have to carry that baggage. God wants you to be set free.
1: For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Lake and details about Ken's ministry, visit the Vision Christian store at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au.